Welcome back to Classroom Grass Podcast, Season 2, Episode 21. Indeed, and we're going to just go right into it this week. No intro, no. No intro, no nothing. Talk. All business this week. No, actually, we can roll the intro. There we go. All right, now. Oh, oh. Yeah, 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 you yeah, see that, you see right, that. All right. All right, now, um, now that that beautiful intro mm-hmm. has passed through... We have a lot to talk about this week, starting in the back with the goalkeepers, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of big goalkeeper stuff has happened this week. We're going to start out with Liverpool's goalkeeper, Allison, who has had the worst week in his career. Worst week in any goalie's career since Karius. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, (laughs) as a Liverpool player. I mean, I rate the dude so much. He's a great goalie, but like, first game, two mistakes, Second game. Two mistakes back-to-back yeah. and the same mistake. And they, just... they lost 4-1, and you could probably say, I mean, even Phil Foden's goal at the end was saveable. It went... Really? It, did, it you looked... see, did you see the angle? I didn't see the angle. I just saw, like, the main Yeah, so it, it looked like it rocketed in, but it went... Li- Allison had his hands up. Oh, yes. It yeah. literally went past He put his hands, hands up, like, after... Yeah, yeah okay. it was like he could have sa- he could have saved it. It was a very hard shot, but he could have. That one I'm not going to, you know, you can't get on too much because every keeper has those moments. Yeah. But the first two, he passed it to Man City and they scored. Literally just passed it to him, mm-hmm. which is like, I understand he's a keeper, but that's why keepers these days need to be more like Manuel Neuer, really good with their feet. And Allison's good with his feet too. He's not as good as Ederson with his feet, but he's good with his feet. Yeah, I feel like... Allison, when when you're like making the the kind of argument between Ederson or Allison, it's definitely Allison can make better saves, but Ederson is just so good with his feet. Like he could play any, like he could play midfield. Yeah, totally. And um, and yeah, so the Man City game, he made two mistakes, and then we go over to the Leicester game, mm-hmm. and they're up one nil in the 80th, 78th minute, I think, and they concede three and lose three one which is continuing Liverpool's bad form. And another one of those goals, did you see this one? The I saw mistake? he kind of went He So crazy. the ball's being hit over the top. He comes out of his box to one-time scissor kick it away. When a center back is right there. Yeah, no, a center back's right next to him. And obviously, because that's a very difficult task, he hits it completely to the side. I feel like he was trying he to it. make up for last game he's like okay i'm gonna have this incredible volley <laughs> clearance uh no i think it did the exact opposite yeah of no it went to the to side do. and then they just walked it in yeah um and that started a stream of two more goals which continued liverpool's losing form um and klopp in the yeah. Post game was like he was asked like Are you conceding the title? He's like Yes. Yeah. No. I was just about to say that after you were done speaking, I was about to say I think Liverpool's title is gone. Mm-hmm. And do you think? So I don't. Do you think it was? If your coach like in the press conference said, "Yeah, we're not winning the title," like it is obvious, but at the same time, do you want him to just be like give up like that? Well, it's kind of like. I- it's kind of like Frank Lampard or Pep or whatever you hear from all these guys, Jose Mourinho. What you hear from them in the press is not what they're going to go say to the team. So if if Klopp went and said, 
no, the title's not gone, and then they didn't win the title, that would look kind of bad. You know, I I don't know. In my opinion, he has to be more realistic with the press. He And, like, as a professional in the game, you can understand that most likely you have just given the title away because Man City don't look like they're going to drop points anytime soon. But there's no. things that can happen. So I think you just keep playing. I don't, I don't know if the players really worry about what the coach says to press. That's true. I just thought it was, like, you never really see coaches. Like, usually if that question's asked, like, Oh, you never know. It's well, I mean, crazy season, yeah. whatever like that. But he just like flat out said, yeah, we're not going to win it. Well, Frank Lampard said, stop talking about title. Remember when he was with Chelsea he, and people were like, oh, title contenders, title contenders. He was like, guys, stop. We're not there yet. Yeah. So I think it's just a, another way to like, <clears throat> I mean, maybe it does motivate the players by being like, okay. Yeah, I don't really know. It, it's just, I think after that game, Jurgen Klopp was in a, very bad mood. Well, and his mother just passed away. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he that could be affecting his coaching right now. I think, yeah. I think there's just a lot going on in his life. And I don't know if the poor form is all down to that or it's just not helping at yeah. all. So, I mean, Liverpool's great reign in the Champions League and in the Premier League has to come to an end. I don't think, I think when they get Van Dyke back, though, they could continue to be really good i don't know i don't i doubt they'll win the champions league this year just because they don't have a squad depth yeah um but they'll be good next year they just they got hit with some bad injuries this year and honestly you have to give him credit and clap credit he has pulled some players from absolutely nowhere and they've done decent in the prem it's not like they were horrendous you know they're, mm-hmm. they're all right in the prem so i mean you have to give clap credit but unfortunately i do think that this past week and the past few weeks have really determined what's going to happen with the title. And I see Man City running away with, uh, with the uh, with the title, but you never know. Uh, on the other side of the... Well, not, not the other side, but eight positions down from Man City. <laughs> Someone expected to be on the other side mm. in Aston Villa have maybe the best goalkeeper in the league right now. Based on form, I'd say. I mean... Um, Martinez. What's his first name? Emil Emiliano. Yeah, just call him Emmy. Yeah. Um, he has pulled off some incredible saves. He's kind of just a leader in the back from the games I've seen. Um, obviously he left. I mean, it's it's a cool story. He was at Arsenal for so long, never got his chance. Got his chance. Did well for Arsenal for a couple games, and then he decided, okay, I want to leave. I've proved myself. I want to play like every week. He goes to Aston Villa, which he said is a step up from Arsenal, which actually has proved to be correct, which is kind of crazy after last season when Villa almost got relegated. But, I mean, it's proved well for him. No, it has totally. And And one thing I just can't wrap my head around is it's like this stat with Ben Foster where he has made the most saves in the Premier League history. But... It's hard because to be a good goalie, you kind of have to have a bad defense yeah. in front of you. You have to have shots on you. So, so uh, I mean, he he's in a very good position for a goalie right now to get saves and to get clean sheets because he's technically getting clean sheets in games where it matters, and he's making a lot of good saves. 
but he also doesn't have the best defenders in front of him, which is allowing for that. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at Ederson, who we're going to talk about next, he has, de- I mean, he is has the capability to be one of the best, like, shot stoppers in the world, but you could put me in that for Man City, and <laughs> I probably wouldn't be troubled. It's true. I mean, that is kind of like, okay, how do you judge a goalie, um, especially when they're in the top teams? Uh it's hard to say, oh, he's the best goalie just because he has a bunch of clean sheets or yeah. he's conceded the le- le- least amount of goals. I think a lot of that is down to the defenders because if you stick Ederson in Sheffield United's uh-huh. team, I doubt he'll be saving. Will he be better than Aaron Ramsdale? <laughs> like, I don't know how much better With he'll be. With his feet, yes. Ederson's got the best feet in, in yeah, out of all goalkeepers. But I think the quality of chances that the lower teams give up to the opposing attackers, yeah. I doubt Ederson would make that much of a difference. And, like, the big saves that people talk about are the diving ones, like Coutinho, like De Gea's save on Coutinho, mm-hmm. whatever, five years ago, where it's curling into the top corner and you save it, but I bet you could ask every single Premier League goalie and they'd say a one-on-one is a thousand times harder than saving one of those because you have no time to react. Yeah. And so uh, the big teams concede less goals like that, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, and then moving over to probably the most informed goalie in the Premier League, he was rumored to take penalties for Man City. And yeah, he almost got a goal and assist in yeah. the recent game if he would have taken that penalty. Yeah, if he had taken the penalty over Rodri, he would have hopefully gotten a goal, and uh, he got an assist off of Ilkay Gundogan, and yeah, I think he's just, he's performing well, he's keeping balls out of the back of the net. Not in every game, but they're scoring enough like Man City used to, where it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the the ball over the top was very good, but at the same time, I think Gundogan's touch was a little bit better. And he, Gundogan he is embarrassed. on fire right He embarrassed now. Davidson Sanchez. Embarrassed. He fell over and like it slid. It was Messi versus Boateng. It was. Best. No, 100%. Yeah. And yeah, so... Moving over to Ilkay Gundogan, I it's hard for me to see what's going to happen with him in the future because he is the most informed player in the Premier League right now, scoring, I think, three more goals than anyone since December as a midfielder. I think he has, like, nine goals in nine games. Or exactly. Something. As a midfielder, that's crazy. That's like Bruno Fernandes at the beginning of his United yeah. spell. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really know what's going to happen with him because he started playing when De Bruyne was out. He's always, he's been at City, he was uh, Pep's first signing and he's been at City since Pep's arrival. So four years ago or three years ago. And he's always been just like, you know, I'll sub in or I'll play eight. He's never been like an attacking player and he's kind of just been box to box. I'll help out the team when I can. Played in about a third of every every campaign's games, maybe a little bit more, if you count Champions League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, all that. So he's been good to the club, but he was definitely more valued when he was over at Klopp's Dortmund mm-hmm. and when they won the Champions League. And we haven't seen that kind of performance from him until now. The question is, when Kevin De Bruyne gets back, do you drop Ilkay Gundogan? And then if you drop Ilkay Gundogan... Will he leave on a transfer because he thinks he can perform better now? Yeah, it's, I mean, whatever 16-game winning streak or something that they have going right now, minus, what, six games 
without De Bruyne, the best player in the league, in my opinion, is insane. And Foden has stepped up as well. He hasn't. Foden's looking good. Like, Foden and Gundogan have completely changed the look of that team. I mean, when De Bruyne was in it, you didn't see either of them playing as well as they do now. Yeah. It will be really hard. I think De Bruyne still walks into that starting 11 no matter what, but I don't know how you're going to move Gundogan from that position or, you know, Foden out wide more or into a not as good position. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard because if you think about it right now, if Gundogan and Foden are playing this well in the Prem. It feels like they're undroppable. I would definitely say that. But then once Aguero gets fit, De Bruyne gets fit, then how do you play those two? And then on top of that, you have guys like Bernardo Silva, Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez, Gabriel Jesus, right? These guys aren't going to get minutes then. <laughs> no. I... How do you how do you work around this? Some one some of them have to go because Foden was the only reason it was able to work is because Gundogan wasn't playing as well, and Foden was a player who didn't need to get minutes because he wasn't fully proven yet. Everyone knew he had potential, but now he's performing at a level where it's like he needs minutes. Yeah, I, I mean, this has always been City's problem, good problem. The past two or three years now mm-hmm. is they ha- their bench and their second team could win the Premier League besides all of their starters. Like, they have yeah. pretty much two squads in the club that could win the league. Yeah. Like, that's how m- much depth they have. But now, I could easily see Bernardo Silva and Riyad Mahrez walking this summer and transferring somewhere else because, like, Ferran Tor- Torres as well. Yeah. They just brought him in. He's young. <laughs> like, there, like, there's no reason. There's He's no great, reason. All of these guys are great players, yeah. but there's no reason. I think they do have to sell two forwards. Maybe, well, depending but on... But Torres, they won't, because you don't no, they won't. and sell them. I think it will be Mares and or Bernardo Silva. Um, Where do you think they'll go? I I would think I that know. they would go... They wouldn't go over to France, because that would be back to France for Bernardo Silva. He's not going to do that. No. I don't think... I think they're better than... Unless they get to go to PSG... Which could be a replacement for Angel Di Maria, who might be on his way to Spurs. Yeah. But. I I mean, I don't know. It's always the same clubs, to be honest. Every yeah. transfer winner, it's Arsenal or Chelsea or someone like that. Yeah. I could see Mara's going to Ch- uh, Arsenal, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I just, the problem is, like, I can see Chelsea signing people if they hadn't have spent so much money this past transfer, or not January, but yeah. this past summer. And now I can't see them signing people for another two years. I mean, they, well, we're going to talk about uh, Upamecano later, but yeah. they're in the race for him as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they, I think they're honestly going to still buy two or three players this transfer window or this in the summer. summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams shift because I feel like we're entering a time we always are, but it, it's there's a lot of players that. Not only teams need to bring in, but teams need to get rid of. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of players that need to go. Pogba wants to leave United. You have those guys on Man City. You have, uh, I mean, I feel like Bayern's the only team in the world that people don't want to leave. People are just like, no, I'll stay. Yeah, they're like, I, I'm fine winning 5-0 yeah. every game and then winning the Champions League. Yeah, no, it's 
they're set. They're a very good place to be. Robert Lewandowski has it pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> the amount of players he has assisting him is... How could you not score 40 goals? Exactly. Season? You And it's just a constant rotation of good players assisting him. The only people who... I don't understand why they don't get mad. It's like Serge Gnabry, Kingsley Coleman, Leroy Sané. Because they're all young enough where they can... And they're good enough where they can perform anywhere. And you can't play all three of them. Yeah. I... And if you do, then you can't play Thomas Muller, and, you know, that's kind of iffy. Yeah, I think, I mean, they are kind of city in that way, that they yeah, do, no, they, they are. still have that kind of rotation, that they have too many good players, and, I mean, but none of them seem to be unhappy. None of them are unhappy, and they just won the sextuple, I think, is yeah. what it is, which is ridiculous. We'll get to that later, also. Lots of stuff to talk about this week. But moving on from that whole Man City uh, debacle and everything, mm-hmm. I'm just going to talk about the two things that probably are the least favorite on the entire podcast, <laughs> and that's the Saints and Brighton. The Saints have, have to go continued losing form, losing again today. Six straight losses, um, not including the FA Cup win. We don't need to talk about it anymore if you don't want to. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think... I I don't like to use VAR or refereeing as an excuse, but I think a when you part lose of six it six straight games you can kind of draw out a couple excuses. I mean a part of it is there has been a extremely um arguably wrong call every single loss we've had yeah. in that run. Uh this recent game, Bertrand like Nelson Tomato just fired it right at Bertrand, who was like maybe 10 feet away from him, and he turned and did this, and it hit his arm like that. Stupid. I don't know how that's called, and then Cash's for Villa when he had his arm out like that. We already talked about that a couple yeah. weeks ago, how that wasn't called. And then the same game, Dendonker had pretty much the same thing. It hit his arm in the box, and they didn't call it. So, I mean, we have had... <laughs> Besides the 9-0 loss, we have had that, that, very close games. It's a that, tradition now, though. Yeah. We had to get one in there. You know, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. It doesn't count. But, um, like, we have had one or two goal losses where we could have gotten back into the game if not for yeah. just kind of wrong calls in general. But That's the name of the game with virtual video assistant referees. Yes. You know, but you, you keep playing. Because why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you can't really stop. Yeah. It's a business. Um, Brighton and Burnley, on the other hand, have really taken it up a notch the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Brighton continue their run of form, tying 1-1, getting a point, now six games, 12 points. So two points a game. If you can continue that for, the, for an entire Premier League season, you will get Champions League. So good for the form. <laughs> That we're in. Obviously, we won't get Champions League if we continue that <laughs> now because it's a little too late. But I like that form. I would like to see us continue with our confidence. I mean, the past this past game, we looked so confident the whole time. We had like 12 shots, and so I don't know how we didn't score. But, I mean, we look good. We look confident. GP is happy. So <laughs> it's all something we love to see. And... Uh, Burnley look really good. Have you seen Matthew Loughton playing? I saw his goal. Dude, take take the goal away. Best right back in the Prem right now. <laughs> Best right back in the I guarantee you. The guy is unreal. 
I, every time he touches the ball, he get there. Something happens. In I was the, watching. Like, like he could touch the ball in his area, in like in his box, something would happen on the other side. <laughs> I was watching that Crystal Palace game. Obviously, he scored that great goal, and mm-hmm. but I was just looking at their team, and I realized, like all of them could be brothers. They all have the exact same haircut, the exact same like build. They're all just built white dudes except for dwight mcneil yeah he's the only one and he's like the only one who's below 30 yeah. i feel like yeah. in this squad i mean and it's worked with sean dyche he's gotten mm-hmm. out of that team what many managers could not probably yeah if they tried i think it is frustrating because they don't really play soccer how you would want them to play yeah but I mean, their work rate is definitely admirable. They don't play it how you want them to play always, but you have to give them credit the past few weeks. I mean, especially that game against Crystal Palace, they were playing some good football. Yeah. If you watch the game, they were playing some good football. It's not Man City football, but still, they're getting the points. They're getting good goals. It's not like they're just kicking it up. I mean, they can't because they don't even have a fast forward. <laughs> I mean, like, Ashley Barnes has been their forward the past <laughs> yeah. five years. It's, it's pretty much just work it wide and then see if something happens. And it's been working. And Dwight McNeil is someone they should build the team around. Or he should leave. If he leaves, where do you think he should go? I mean... Arsenal. Yes, literally. <laughs> like Arsenal. <laughs> I don't see him going anywhere else. I I mean, maybe a lower team like Everton or Villa no, that, or something. No, I, I can see Everton. Yeah, I mean... Playing with Richarlison, playing. He with still hasn't proved DCL. proved himself that much. Mm-hmm. I think it's only because he's. I mean, he's the best dribbler on the team. <laughs> yeah, but that's not saying much because <laughs> they don't have many flair players. So they're all good, but they're not. I don't. Yeah, like you said, they don't have a single flair player. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely kind of. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. they, they just, they get the points, they get the job done, and then go home. Yeah. That's it. All right, I'm going to head over to our Discord, which, if you're not a part of yet, you have to be a patron to be on the Discord. Um, but if you're a patron, if you're not a patron, go become a patron. Why not? It's 250 a month, which is quite a bit of money. But Why would you not want to talk to us? It. Because you can talk. We now have a new system in play where... You get access to the Discord. If you can link your patron Patreon account to Discord, which is pretty easy, there's steps online. I also sent an email out to uh, all of everyone on our email list and to all of our patrons on how to do it. Um, but it's pretty easy. You just connect it, and then you get put straight into our Discord server, which is just a community of all of uh, – it's us, all the workers for Class on Grass, and then um, all of our patrons. And it's just a place for us to chat, talk, do whatever. We have – Multiple different chat rooms. We have footy talk, podcast suggestions, podcast questions, announcements, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, head over, become a patron if you're already a patron. Head over and join our Discord. Why not? So from FC Growing Pool, we had a few questions in the podcast questions server. Uh, first one was, we're going to kind of cover the very first one, just so you know FC Growing Pool. We're going to cover that one with the other one. Great there. name, by the way. Great name. Un- unbelievable name. But uh, starting with his second question, Justin or DCL, whose loss affects their team more? Justin with an ACL injury, and DCL has been out and in and out and in and out and in. I was going to say, I I mean, he just played in that FA Cup 
game against Spurs and scored. So, but I do know he has been kind of yeah. one week he's injured, one week he's not. So I think you do have to go with Justin. He's been kind of their breakout defender for Leicester, besides Fofana, mm-hmm. who's also been very good. Yeah. Um, to the point where he has been in the running and a lot of fans' eyes as a Euro um, squad oh, yeah, totally. player. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's very strong as a wing back. He gets up. He's gotten a couple of goals this season. Um, he's just really impressed, and I think it's very harsh um, to lose him. Yeah, no, and he's season. changed the shape of that Leicester side, allowing Ricardo Pereira to get up the field more and play in a right mid spot, taking Albrighton off, mm-hmm. who is a good player, but he's not going to get up and down the wing like Ricky P will. So having Ricky P not be, be able to not just sit in right back, having him be able to move up and play Justin there has made their team a lot more dynamic, and now they won't be able to do that which means that they're going to be attacking from the left side a ton, and it's going to be very easy to read. So yeah. that's the biggest thing for me, just looking at game analysis. It's Justin unlocked a whole new, not like not him specifically with how, uh, how good he is, although he's amazing, but him being able to fill that position unlocked a whole new side to that Leicester team. So that loss is going to be you know, so missed, sorely missed uh, from, mm-hmm. from Leicester fans. DCL is one of the best strikers in the Premier League. But for one, he's not out for the season. And for two, they have other players that can score, Richarlison. Yeah, he hasn't been scoring recently, and you kind of have seen... I mean, he scored that one game when he was back in the prime. Yeah, but not like at the beginning of the season, he was yeah. getting a hat-trick every game. But, uh, I mean, Everton have kind of dropped form... Um, as Calvert-Lewin has also stopped scoring. But at the same time, I've seen Richarlison put away some goals, and when they do win, it's not always because Calvert-Lewin has scored. So, I don't know. I think, like we said, I think it's bigger to lose Justin for the rest of the season than it is for Calvert-Lewin kind of being inconsistent with his game time. Yeah. No, I agree. 100%. Uh, moving to FC Grimpool's second question, which he put on the chat yesterday. Is the FA Cup that important for all teams? Spurs starters fatigued for extra time only to lose and then big weekend match against Man City days later. The thing about the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, Champions League for bigger teams, Europa League for bigger teams, it happens every year. So it's so, like, teams are really used to it. That's also why you see the big teams that play in Champions League and Europa League, playing their under-23s in a lot of FA Cup games and Carabao Cup, it is it is important because of tradition and because every single league in Europe has it. it it's not just England. So you have Copa del Rey, you have DFB Pokal for Germany, you have the... Uh, Coupe de France. Or Coupe something. de France. And then in Syria, it's not... Is it the Copa Italia? Yeah. Yeah. So you have all... All of them have it. And they all also have a League Cup as well. Mm-hmm. So... And it's it's not that it's so important for the big teams, but football is about not just the teams like Man City and Liverpool and the Brightons and Southamptons and the Brentfords and, you know, Wickhams. It's about the teams in the lower divisions, the teams in non-leagues and the teams in League Two. 
right? You need them to keep football going. There's a pyramid for a reason. The bottom of the pyramid needs to be strong. So giving teams like that an opportunity to play in a tournament with everyone is super great. It's it's really good for football, and I think it brings a lot. It brings a, a vibe that you don't really get from anywhere else. So I think they're really important. But no, teams don't need to play their best players. Although, we're going to talk about this later. Bayern just won the sextuple, and that is a huge achievement. That means they won every single trophy they could. DFB Pokal, which is their FA Cup, they won their Carabao Cup, they won their league, they won the Champions, uh, league. Champions league, they won the Super Cup, mm-hmm. which is Champions League versus Europa League winner, and they just won the Club World Cup. So the only team, I can just cover that right now, the only team ever to do that in the past was Pep's Barca with uh, Alexis Sanchez, Leo Messi, Carlos Puyol, Javier Mascherano, Xavi, Iniesta, you know, like the best Barca team ever. That was pre-MSN even. That was an unreal team. So they were the only last team to do that. And that is a huge achievement. So I think like they're all, all the trophies are necessary because it really defines whether you're a great team, a good team, or an average team. Excuse me. <laughs> average team. Um, yeah, and uh, and so it's just another it's it's another thing for teams to overcome. I mean, injuries are going to happen. It's not just this year. They're going to happen always, you know. Fantasy is is one of those <laughs> things where it, it's going to annoy fantasy players because it, it, FA Cup games don't matter for mm-hmm. fantasy. You know, Carabao Cup doesn't matter. But... You know, it's it's just a, it's just more games, and I do one thing I do want to touch on though is if you were to win every single game, you like you know everything. So you'd have to win the year before so you could play the extra games against the winners, right? Like the, mm, the yeah, yeah, Super Cup and stuff. But if you win every game that year and you had won stuff last year also, you'd play like seventy-two games, which is a game every five days. It is a lot. <laughs> so. Yes. But the only thing, the thing to think about is it's 72 or like 45 or 50. So you cut down on like 20 games if you're not that good because you don't get in the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, a trophy is a trophy, to be honest. Yeah, Spurs I think don't even have any. They they won all these tournaments. I'd, I'm in favor of playing, if not your best team, maybe three or four rotation players. Yeah. Um, but like, it's just... It's a trophy. Like if you if you're telling me Sheffield United, Fulham, West Brom don't care about oh they do 100 winning the FA the Cup game, even if the they best get relegated. Game that I had ever watched as a Brighton fan was a semifinal of the FA Cup against Man City. We lost. Yeah, that was the coolest game we've ever had. Yeah, and when Southampton were in the Carabao Cup final and they lost three two, that was still like incredible because Gabbiadini scored a brace and yeah. we almost like. You know, we the gap won. right here. Yes, right there. Uh, um, I just think it is harder for the big teams to care as much because they are in many different tournaments. I think they'd obviously want to win the Champions League more than the FA Cup. Of course. But at the same time, that kind of loses the intensity in the FA Cup if you're playing mm-hmm. just rotation players and you know you lose and you're like, okay. Whatever. You can't ask them to play their starters every time, though, no. just because of how many games they have. But here's the thing: their rotation players are going to win anyway. Yeah, and I think, but I think, as the question said, is it important for all teams? It I think it's important in the sense that 
if you win it, you've yeah. won a trophy that season. Like Arsenal last year, the FA Cup saved them. Yeah, they won the Community Shield in the FA Cup. Yeah, that saved them. And like literally no one no one cares about those trophies. Yeah, that's two trophies. Exactly. Did Liverpool just win the league? Yeah. Like technically Arsenal won more trophies than exactly. Liverpool. I think I mean it is a trophy and I I think all 20 of those teams would gladly take a season where they maybe didn't perform as well in the league but won a trophy than they did the other way around. Yeah. I mean I uh I saw something that was like some footballers rating trophies, right? Mhm. World Cup came first, and then it was Champions League, then it was Premier League, then it was like FA Cup and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it some of them had some different, like some of them put FA Cup above Premier League because they it's just the style of the tournament, you know. It's it's inclusive of everyone. Everyone gets opportunity to show how they can how they can do and all that. But I just thought it was cool to see because some they, they ranked them in such a logical way. You know, if you win the FA Cup or the Premier League, you are champions of England. If you win, yeah the champions league you are champions of europe Europe. if you win the world cup you're champions of the world right so it seems so logical Mm -hmm. but like so many players like so many people have like oh but i prefer to win the champions league oh i prefer to win the premier league over the fa cup same same trophy you know it's the same trophy you just take out some of the teams In in the fa cup you have less or more bad teams but it doesn't mean that like you should still be able to win Mm -hmm. you know so I don't know. It just looking at it logically, they're all important. They all bring something to the game that the other ones don't. And at the end of the day, them playing more games gives us more stuff to talk about. That's true. More content. Thank <laughs> exactly. you for the questions, though. Exactly. Thank you so much for the questions. Anyone else, go feel free to get onto our Patreon. If you have any questions about how to get onto the Discord and connect to them, please let us know. You can send us an email, send us a DM. Do whatever you want. We will get back to you and uh, figure that out. It's not too hard, but it's we would need to tell you how to do the process or we could send you a little tutorial video or something like that. But yeah, feel free to, to hop into the Discord and start chatting with us because not only is it for podcast questions, but we have a server called Footy Talk, which is just anything. So if, if there was a game that happened today and you wanted to ask us and some other fans what you thought about it, you could. Mm-hmm. And then people would get back to you. So it's just a place for the COG community to hang out. Moving on from the uh, the podcast questions, I kind of talked about it already, but Byron were the first team to w- uh, get the sextuple. They won, uh, or the second team ever to get the sextuple. Mm-hmm. They won the Club World Cup versus Tigres, the League MX team. So that's good for to uh, see from them. And then uh, they just signed Upamakano from Leipzig, who is... Uh, phenomenal center back. Yeah, next best thing. Next mm-hmm. best center back. Um, next best David Alaba. Yeah, as I mentioned before that we were going to talk about it, he was he has his around forty million release clause um, that is due this summer, and uh, I think it was Bayern, Chelsea, Manchester United were all. Um, interested and Bayern won the race to that in the past couple days they signed him so like you said I think David Alba could be on his way out I where do you where do you think he'll go Arsenal (laughs) no I think maybe Real Madrid probably um and then you could maybe see Sergio Ramos coming to the end as well yeah Juventus somewhere else we talked about that last week but 
uh, just Byron strengthening their team even more. They now have Alfonso Davies and Upamecano, two young, very, very good mm-hmm. defenders. Uh, still have Jerome Boateng, Nicholas Sula, some pretty good players. So, yeah, they're set. They're fine. Um, moving past that, Zlatan surpassed 500 club career goals, an insane number. And him, Messi, and Ronaldo mm-hmm. are the only three players currently actively playing that have done that. So, crazy stuff makes sense, though. And Zlatan's been playing for a thousand years. So, yeah. you know. Do you, who would you take out of those three? Um, if you At wanted, if you wanted a goal score, not At just what time right now in their prime, all of them in their prime, Messi, Messi and his prime. Mm-hmm. I, I've right always now, had the right thing. Now I'd take Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, it's a close call between Zlatan and Ronaldo. Messi's not a goal scorer as much right now. I mean, he scored like two goals the other day, but he's not a flat out goal scorer. And I don't know. We talked about this last week. I don't know if he would take away more than he would give to the team. Like he, he, everything would be relying so much on him that mm-hmm. it might hurt the team. But I mean, Messi and his pro- Messi scored like ninety goals in a season. <laughs> like, of course, that's true. I would want him. Uh, moving past that, uh, Xavi Simmons had his PSG debut. He has been. He, what does he have? Two point five million followers on Instagram. Yeah, if you don't know who he is, he's been kind of the wonder kid. That's not really. I mean, he's been so young. He's had a following since like twelve years old. Yeah, he was like twelve, and there was millions um, of people. He was at Barca. Him, which is ridiculous. Yeah, he's at Barca, and you know, there's those videos in the U fourteen games where you dribble the whole team. Everyone's was like, "Oh, he's next up," and then he's just kind of been on his yeah, own, kind of working, and then yeah, transferred to PSG, which he has gotten his debut finally. He's like sixteen, 17. seventeen. So he's the same age as me. Yeah. So I mean. It is kind of a long time coming when you think about how long he's been in the spotlight or kind of thought about as the next well, best player. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because he's got so much of a following that it almost feels like a letdown when he's like debuted for PSG and like <laughs> nothing happened, yeah. right? So Why didn't you dribble the whole team? Exactly, which is understandable. He's 17 years old. He's debuted yeah. for PSG. He's still going to be a good player. I mean, I... Do you know totally what position he, is he like he's attacking, an attacking mid? mid. No, yeah. Okay. Uh, when have we ever seen a wonder kid that's not an attacking mid? It's true. They'll, they'll transfer like wing or striker, but yeah. they'll start at attacking mid always. Um, but yeah, I mean he's a good player. He'll he'll do well in his career. But I don't know. It's hard because he has so much pressure. And then finally, moving past that, looking ahead to next week's Champions League. Um, first thing to talk about is that. Man City's clash with Borussia Mönchengladbach has been moved to Budapest, of all places, due to a new strain of COVID emerging in uh, England. And this could affect the Chelsea versus Atletico Madrid game, which is also taking place in England. But I think that's the second leg, so they're going to wait and see if they can get it under control. But the first leg of Man City versus Gladbach is in Manchester, so they moved it to Budapest, which is just... I mean, it's good that they're getting it in. It doesn't really matter because no one's there, but it's just odd. Like, why would you go to Budapest? Uh, yeah, I feel like, why wouldn't you just go to France or yeah. somewhere close by? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, we're going to Canada for this game, actually. <laughs> You're going to have to fly across the world. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, good to have it back. I was just talking to you before the pod started about like I don't remember the break from Champions League being this long, um, but it has been from around November to February. That little break there has been the same way for what every year. Yeah, no, it's every year. It's always November to February. They always play the group stage games, and they take a break, and then they come back in February. And it's because I think it's because of the congestion of games that happen around Christmas. Yeah. So yeah. they can't keep playing, but also there's not enough. So you play six group stage games and if you win everything four or five, so it's 11, 10 or 11 games in total. And if you stretch that across a nine month period, yeah. you're playing like one game a month. So they have to have those breaks. And I think they like to, I actually think it's smart because it, when the group stages are happening, there's always group stage games on, right? You're not just, it's not like, oh, there's one happening this week and then another one happening next week. This is like, okay, they're all happening now. You know, mm-hmm. we're gonna, they're going to happen for a couple weeks um, and they're not very spread out. So you can focus on the Champions League. And then once it comes back, like in a week, we're going to have Champions League every week for five weeks, which is going to be so yeah. fun. You know, the, you have to admit the days of, of coming home from school pre-covid and uh i mean now even with with everyone being back yeah yeah but days of coming home from school and turning on a champions league game are sorely missed they'll and, be back yeah they'll be back soon a week i'm very excited uh but yeah i mean they all take place at like two o'clock so you know pretty much watch them at the end of class and on the way home <laughs> well i mean looking at these um round of 16 matchups there's some very interesting games usually it's not that great of matchups at the very start but one that sticks out to me is psg barcelona um like well it's freezing now but uh the computer froze the uh well obviously neymar is now injured for the game which you know the running joke that isn't really a joke it's just a fact now is that he is injured every year for his sister's birthday. <laughs> yeah, he goes and celebrates uh, his birthday. His Without birthday. fail, the past... Every single year. I don't know how many years, he has always gotten a, like, more than four-week-long injury at this time when his sister's birthday is. Yeah. No, every every single time. The games... <laughs> it's just so odd. <laughs> the games I'm going to run through, right? So I'll just run through them all, and then... Uh, so we have RB Leipzig, Liverpool... It's actually going to be an interesting game considering Liverpool's previous form. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be interested in that. Barca PSG, huge matchup. Sevilla Dortmund, Porto Juventus, Atletico Madrid Chelsea, Lazio Bayern, Atalanta Real Madrid, and Gladbach City. The ones I'm most looking forward to are Porto Juve, Atletico Madrid Chelsea, and PSG Barca. And why? Why Porto Juve? I love Porto. Really, dude. Do you think such they'll, a sick team? Do you think they'll beat? Juve? No, but I love... They're, they're you just the want to watch them. They're the ones I'm okay. rooting for. Like, you know how every year there's that Ajax team or something? Yeah. Even when Ajax was in like their fabulous form two years ago and they went so far, Porto was my team that year that I was rooting for. Pepe got the red card in that game against like Real Madrid or something. Um, but yeah, I love Porto. And I think it's partially because they won the Champions League with Jose Mourinho like... 10 years ago or whatever it was Mm -hmm. but i mean it's just a great club great badge great everything i I love their kits you know (laughs) something about them i i could well for leipzig for me i'd say that's probably 
the equivalent is I could definitely see him beating Liverpool. I would not be surprised. Um, and I like their kits. I like their, <laughs> <laughs> I like their logo. Yeah, I I could see Leipzig, Porto, or Lazio all being. I don't know, Sevilla. Could they be the? Sevilla is too much of a Europa League team. Obviously, yeah. they can't go back to the Europa League now. It's too late. Yeah, but they, they qualify. Did you see the all the like tweets and memes? <laughs> so Sevilla actually put out on their Twitter. They were like, "The biggest disappointment about advancing to the Champions League round of sixteen is that we can't win the Europa League for a seventh time." <laughs> they in a are row. the <laughs> Europa League team. Uh, which I mean, I would definitely rather be winning the Europa League every year than going getting to the round of sixteen and losing. Yeah, but. Yeah, it, they should be exciting matchups. Hopefully, we do get some upsets. Yeah, no, I'm I, as a as a hardcore football fan and football player, I am very very excited for this next week. I'm not gonna lie, and you guys all should be too. The first game takes place February sixteenth, two days away. That is extremely Tuesday good. at two. Yeah, Tuesday at two. Central time for all of our listeners in America. Um, and yeah, so super excited to see that first game. That one will be uh, RB Leipzig versus Liverpool and Barca PSG. Great we'll way both, to start it we'll off. will both be happening mm. at Tuesday at 2. I'll probably be watching Barca PSG. If you guys don't know, get uh, and is it C- CBS, CBS All Access. That'll give you access to those games. I think it's like four ninety nine a month. I'd prefer it if you became a patron, but we can't. We, give, we can't give you access to Champions yeah, League. Yes, games. we can. We <laughs> will promise inside access to all Champions League games if you do yeah. subscribe, and we can get you tickets to all the games. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, we'll be talking about those next week. And other than that, it's been the Class on Grass podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Peace. Yeah.